Did you have to as a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Did You Have To, the podcast where we watch your favorite animations in live action and we talk about them. As always, I'm Kate. And I'm Nisha. And yeah, it's great to be back. We're sorry. I feel like we've been gone for a while since our last episode, but Thanksgiving happened and then you guys are moving and all that, so. Yep. And now my voice is not in its usual seductive fashion, but really creaky and cracky because I'm sick. I think it's still sexy. It's it's, it's, it's all husky and all like, you know, a little coarse and gravelly, like Tom Hardy. (laughs) Ooh, Tom Hardy. I know. Venom is the best rom-com of the year. Just saying. Uh, It is. I love it. But this isn't a Venom. This is not a Venom podcast. I almost said Comcast. Um, This is an anime live action podcast. So... We're going to actually give you guys a heads up. We decided we wanted to add in a few, like, new parts into the show. Just because, like, as much as me and Kate love to talk about, like, live-action anime and other anime things, we kind of want to have time carved out to talk about the anime that we're actually watching right now. Yeah. Or, like, any manga we're reading. And then maybe that is something you guys... Because I feel like people ask us on Twitter, what are you watching? Or, like, for recommendations. And I, even though I have a show where I give recommendations... And this show is made for that, too. I just feel like, why not let us have a few minutes to talk about the things we like to watch and read? So, okay, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, So, right now, I am in my nice little, I guess, I how do I say it? I'm in, like... Every now and then, I want some romances in anime. Um, so I'm watching Toradora for the first time on Crunchyroll right now, and I'm watching a uh, Real Life. Um, and Real Life's actually really interesting and fun. I don't know if you've seen it, Nisha. Yes. I have to yeah. finish it. Oh. It's so good. I'm like halfway through that one. I'm, uh, I think I'm like 16 episodes into Toradora, and I really, mm-hmm. really like it. Like. If you haven't watched Toradora before, it's essentially these two people who end up living next to each other. The guy ends up taking care of the girl, and then they mm-hmm. end up trying to help each other get with their respective crushes, which aren't each other. And over the course of it, <laughs> end up realizing that they actually love each other. Yep. Um, and it's just, it's so good. It's so heartfelt. Um, and I don't know. I I go through, like, lulls. Like, either I want to watch, like, Gantz, like, really dark horror anime, or I want to watch some, like, nice little shoujo adjacent, adjacent you know, mm-hmm. romances. Yes, I like that. And I love both of those things because, was it, Relife is definitely a really good one. If you like, if you like Game of Thrones, you're going to like Relife. I feel like, or maybe that's a stretch. Not too much. If you like, (laughs) if you like shows that have like that magical fantasy aspect, like dragons, elves, wizards, all that stuff, and then someone from the modern world is thrown into it. You're gonna like it. I, I think like we're it. talking about different animes. Are we? My yeah. bad. Oh, yeah. Shoot. So real life. So in real life, it's a guy who's essentially a neat. Like he has no job or anything. He's living off of his parents. Oh. And then he gets um, somebody oh, from a corporation comes up to him and says, "Hey, we're you are perfect for these tests that we're running." And it is huh. a pill that he takes, and he gets made to look. 15 years younger and he goes and relives high school over again okay my bad i was confused (laughs) with the other one and it has like the re life 
Okay, I know what relife is. I'm thinking of re-zero, starting life oh, in another world. Oh, there we go. Which, that sounds really good, I will yeah. say. Yeah, so that'll be my suggestion. <laughs> I, I just have to go back and finish it, but it's like one of those shows where I watch one episode and I can't not keep watching it. But Oh, this is in my queue. Yeah, it's good. It's okay. real good. It's, it's great. Um, so yeah, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that works i learned a new show today so yeah it's awesome yeah but like i'll just go into mine then but basically this boy he's like a regular high school student and he's on his way home from the convenience store and then he's transported into another world and like i think i got like 15 episodes in and they still never explained why he got transported but i'm just like i'm cool with it it's fine um but it's cool because when he like and this isn't a spoiler he dies and he starts back over again from like the moment where he like gets back into so it's like groundhog day and that's really cool every time he like dies in the show he like he he like figures out a mist there's like a mystery and then he's like okay i have to make sure i meet this person i have to make sure i befriend this person and like i have to help her so i can stop this bad thing from happening it does have that bit of a harem trope where like all the girls are in love with him but you also get a lot of badass women characters so I, I'm gonna let it rock. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's great. So that was like the awesome. anime. Yeah. And then as for manga, I'm still trucking along with Yakuza no. Oh, let me just. I mean, The Promise Neverland. I'm not gonna butcher anything today. Um, <laughs> and it is. I think I've t- I talk about it any chance I get. But basically, it's a. But it, the book is about the manga is about these kids who you think are just living in an orphanage with their caretaker who they call Mama. And all the kids have ever known is that they're raised in the orphanage until they turn 12 and then they're adopted by some family. And then like they all have a good send off and like they all love each other. and They treat each other like family and they have a happy life together. But spoiler, and it's not so much of a spoiler, the children are actually growing up on plantations that are meant to grow them so they can be food for demons. The children are being sold to demons. No, not even sold. The caretaker's mama, they know about it. And they are involved. And oh, they fuck Nisha. They the caretakers are like growing the children like cattle to become wow. demon food. It's good. But oh, the children shit. plan to escape. But the children find but some of the children are super smart and they find a way to escape. But will their escape plan ha- work for them? Y'all need to read to find out. <sighs> I'm invested highly in this. <laughs> oh, you won't read this. It's like wow. 90 chapters so far. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, now that, I mean, I guess some, like, one of the really cool, like, manga newses that happened with Shonen Jump is now available for its, with its entire catalog and stuff coming out in, um, Ah, as soon as it comes out in showed it with mm-hmm. 199 so or all four 199s so my my butt's gonna start reading a lot more manga yes um and i'm pretty sure what you described is not in shonen because that's a little dark. actually it is it, it is, is on, it, it, it is oh. like it's one of the like it came out earlier this year like uh, maybe a little bit before but anyways the point is it is on there I, I double checked and i believe it's on there it's really good i think it's gonna just like how people thought um hero my hero academy is gonna be yeah. the next best big thing i think this is gonna be the next big thing in manga and it's getting an anime that's awesome okay yeah. sign me up so i'm also i'm like oh yes we need this to be a live action also because yes. as much as it is scary and to think about children running away from demons also think about children killing demons 
and how cute that's going to be. So, <laughs> cute and terrifying. Um, anyways, sorry, I know mine went. On, I kind of like went into a tangent on that. So no, yeah, go I'm read invested. that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now back to our other. Let's get into our discussion about what we watched. And yeah, I will say. Oh, we didn't announce what we watched yet. I just yeah, <laughs> we 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 watched Lupin the Third mm-hmm. live action movie. Yes, and Lupin the Third has been in anime since you know the sixties. I want to say the seventies. It's 70s. been around seventies, late seventies. That's right. So as I describe Lupin the Third, like our first, I think my first interaction was, with it was on Tsunami before it turned into Adult Swim and you know I was up late watching it when I shouldn't have been and I was like oh what's this show it looks like Scooby-Doo but more adult which it was and problematic which it was um but I was I've been hooked with Lupin the third since and yeah so that was my introduction what about you yeah, mine was definitely Lupin Third on Toonami, like with a lot of animes. Mm-hmm. Or, or, wait, anime is in and of itself both a single, singular and a plural, right? I do that all the time too, yeah. It's okay. an, just saying anime is a <laughs> yeah. plural and a singular. Yeah. <laughs> so, like with a lot of anime, um, I got introduced to it on Toonami, and I liked it a lot when it was on Toonami. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I actually have a heart. Like, there are a lot of Toonami anime that I'll go back and watch. Like, I can't wait yeah. for the Yu Hakusho OVA that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I couldn't do that with Lupin really I don't mm-hmm. and I don't even know if it was so much like you're 100% right with the problematicness of it yeah. but I don't think that it was so much that as it was like I don't know like I've never been 100% into like the 70s spy stuff um, yeah. which this heavily is mm-hmm. um, that being said um, Castle of Cagliostro which was the first movie that came out in the late 70s for Lupin mm-hmm. is something that I will go back and watch yeah. um and that was where Hayao Miyazaki actually got his start so mm-hmm. well and it's also very much like as much as it has that like 70s spy kind of like feel to it it also Lupin is very much like you know he's in the anime he's supposed to be the grandson of the gentleman thief Lupin I cannot say Arseni yeah. yeah so he's like supposed to be his grandson so in some iterations he's really supposed to come off as like this gentleman thief exactly who, but at the same time he's like the most problematic character so like when I go back and I watch like the the 70s ones like that are on Hulu I'm like yeah it's like it's not always that good like there's really bad but it's like that good bad but I do like the latest iteration I think it's Lupin the third part four and they've updated it a lot and it's like he's in Italy he's going around stealing things he's like there's a there is this woman who falls in love with him and they get married and I guess they're still legally married but she's like think of Tony Stark as a woman like she comes up with these gadgets and stuff and like she so like she's like I just want to be a great thief like you I'm like I don't love how much she's in love with him because I'm like girl you can do whatever you want you're rich and you're a thief I love it and it's like Catwoman (laughs) um but it's it's just kind of it's really cute um, so I, awesome. I would say, yeah. yeah, the more updated ones, I would say, are like my more 
favorite ones. Also, I just I like that whole spy heist thrillery yeah. stuff. I mean, and I think too. I think a lot of it is, and this actually may be an easier way to put it. Is like I I do know the like the the newer loop on the third stuff. Like in spy, like in addition to like what you just said about if you really, I, I that actually sounds really cool. Um, the animation just looks better. Like I have a really yeah. hard time watching like seventies anime mm-hmm. animation. Um, cause it's just really like, it's a step above speed racer. That's all it is. It, right? it, it yeah. is and it's still bad. It's, yeah. just, <laughs> it's still but, bad. And then with the new ones, I think stylistically, it just mm-hmm. looks better. Like it still has like the, it has like the heart of what the seventies animation looked like, but it's, mm-hmm. it, it's cleaner mm-hmm. um, and more concise. Kind of the same way, like devil man cry baby. Like it's really living in that old style of animation, yeah. but they bring it up to where it looks crisp and clean. And I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That That's a perfect um, comparison there. Um, so yeah, that was our introductions to them. Like I still find myself like going back and watching Castle of Cagliostro, but yeah. I will refuse to watch the Netflix dub. It's terrible. They call Lupin Wolf. That is my biggest. Why would you do that? It's just that's not his name. You call everybody else by their name. I don't. Well, let me mind say that. I feel like they call Jigen something else, and I don't like. I just I don't like it. I don't. I just don't like it. <laughs> it's um, just bad. It's very bad. Um. But anyways, let's get into this one. So we watched the live action adaptation that came out in 2014. Yep. If I'm not mistaken. And I would say, like, as we've said before, this film, like, Lupin the Third is probably one of the most problematic things, like, watching it in, like, our present day eyes. But this show, like, this live action adaptation really did a good job of not making Lupin a perverted... problematic person <laughs> like when well, i think of problematic I guess, yeah yeah you like, go ahead th- like they did it <sighs> he's not randomly groping women yes that's pretty much it but he's not wearing blackface get like you still get that like that that um i don't know like that carefree like entitled attitude that lupin mm-hmm. has but you just don't get like it, it, it it's an updated lupin like, it is. It's like this is how somebody with that personality is now because none of this is okay, mm-hmm. um, which is really surprising to see. Exactly. So then here's like a short synopsis of it. It's like the film is an origin story that presents its characters in a modernized context and follows the title character as he forms his thieving gang to steal a, a Cleopatra necklace while facing opposition from Michael Lee, his rival, and Pramuk, a crime boss. So that's pretty much the whole movie and I, I did like like when I was watching it, it's like oh this is kind of like the origin because in all the iterations I've ever seen you don't really see an origin like yeah, they're, they were always a up. gang yeah, yeah. You just, they just showed up in their unit and you get an introduction of who's who um, but yeah and then let's see yeah, and it's it was ca- directed by Ryuhei Kitamura mm-hmm. and it stars Shun Ogori as Lupin, Jerry Yan as Michael Lee, Misa mm-hmm. Kuroki as Fujoko, uh, Fujiko Mine. The um, best. Yes, she is. Always. <laughs> She's the best. The uh, best scammer ever. <laughs> uh, Tetsuji Tamayama as Daisuke uh, Gigen. Um, mm-hmm. Go Ayano as Goldman, Ishikawa, and um, uh, uh, Taranobo Asano as Koichi Zanigata. Um, which is Inspector Zanigata, um, mm-hmm. which I really liked. I did too. <laughs> it was just, again, this is like the most 
best or if they had someone had to make an origin movie of something i think this is how you do it you don't have to like give a deep like tragic backstory which i don't think lupin has like no not like at least in most iterations he doesn't have like a tortured childhood or anything it's very simple like you see them competing to steal something because they're in like it's called the works is like they're like the gang they're in like the the crime syndicate i guess is what we could call it and they're just getting they're getting started like this like they're thieves like they're established thieves but this is not lupin on his own quite yet like how he is as we know him so let's just talk about let's see let's first off talk about like just character like how the characters design and Mm -hmm. from like what we know of them like we know like we said like it's they've always had like a 1970s look like a lupin signature like red jacket yeah and like very loud colors and these are loud characters yeah they are <laughs> <laughs> um and they're definitely that in the movie um mm-hmm. and it they're but it's like good like yes. they're like it's not it's not Austin Powers right like these aren't people yeah. mimicking something in the 70s right like mm-hmm. they took these really iconic images that they have mm-hmm. and then updated them into what they would wear now mm-hmm. and not even just now but like they made them look good like they didn't just be like okay we're adapting this shot for shot and this mm-hmm. is just how you're gonna look like um, if you look at Lupin's I love his outfit he has oh, God, uh, it's so cute. like a velvet red jacket mm-hmm. that he wears with like they're like leather um like leather pants which you don't think tight. would work but they work they work so well and they're like high ro- high water pants too like they show mm-hmm. his damn ankle but it works like chinos is that the shoe or the pants i think that's the pants i'm thinking of yeah but yeah <laughs> and then fujiko has her thigh holster and like just looking like just looking from like the 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 main promo images right it's so like what they mm-hmm. showed them in um and she's in like this small yellow dress with a thigh holster and it looks good like it mm-hmm. doesn't look exploitive or anything it just looks good yeah and it's like she's very like again because in the anime they do pretty much exploit fujiko a lot but yeah Again, it's because Fujiko, the char- that's her character dynamic, is that she's she... She's a femme fatale. Yeah, she's a femme fatale, and that that comes off here. She is not dependent on anyone here. Mm-mm. And that's like... I'm oh, sorry, we're getting character like characters. I want to talk about like appearance first, but yeah. <laughs> even like when she's not like dressing up like to go out or like to be undercover, she's got like her spy gear on and she has her motorcycle and I'm like, this yep. is perfection. This it's is great. so good. And her hair. Her hair <gasps> is so good. How the hell do you get your hair to have that much body mm. consistently Fujiko? I need to the know. The fight scenes with her? Oh my god. So Just good. like how her hair like how? How does she do? Like, what is her regimen? Yeah. I want to know. And I what also do you watch? I just it? love that they like made her smart, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh fuck, this goes in the, the general character. Okay, um, we're, gonna, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're gonna get there. to. It. Yeah. Um, um, and then Jigen, like Jigen, is one of my favorites <sighs> because there's been so many characters I think in anime that have been adapted Jigen's like look and feel or attitude, and I feel like he is the alpha and omega of that he- silent tough. Um, gun guy. Yeah. So, like, this is the thing. So, I know that um, the creator of Cowboy Bebop based Spike Spiegel off of Lupin yes. more so, but I see Gigan in Spike more mm-hmm. than I see Lupin. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 100%. Because it's just like, 
He's just like this sharpshooter guy, always has his hat on, and he's always like giving Lupin common sense advice. He's like, don't trust her. She's like, yep. she's a scammer. Like, straight up, like, he don't care if Fuchiko hears him. He's like, we can't trust her. Stop trusting her. Yep. <laughs> and it's just, oh, it's perfection. It's just everything with him and Jigen and Lupin, any of their interactions are great. Dang it. Okay, we're almost there. We're almost done. But <laughs> I like they Jigen looks perfectly like he's out of the anime, just like but Jigen's look works from like the seventies to now with like his grey, dark blue navy suit and his signature hat. Like yeah. the, the fedora. Like it's that's what he is. And his exactly. gun and that and just being quiet and speaking when he wants to speak. Exactly. One hundred percent. And then there's Goemon, which I just want to know, Goemon's hair was just, besides Fujiko's hair. Yeah. Um, had the most volume of them all. Oh, he had beautiful, what is your conditioner? What is your regimen? Like, how do you mm-hmm. keep your hair like that? Like, You're living in the woods. It's oh. like a, t- a traditional samurai lifestyle as he's chosen to live. And yeah, but Goemon looks perfect too. I think, what was the one thing? I don't think I really had anything about him. Like, he just, he, he was Goemon, just like in the anime. He's yeah. like, he doesn't speak much and speaks less than Jigen, but like, very much is just quiet and there and shows up like a ninja because, like, oh yeah, this is why we need this guy. <laughs> just, oh um, yeah, he, he was just really good. Like, his gi was really, 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 really mm-hmm. close to what it is in the anime. Mm-hmm. Um,. Yeah, I mean, I would also say, like, overall, from a costume perspective, like, kind of like how I brought up, like, the animation style for Lupin is really rounded, and so the Mm -hmm. hair just looks really big on the characters in the anime and the manga. And so to be able to replicate, I think they replicated it really well in the live action, where Mm -hmm. you get that sense of what it should look like in the anime while also Mm -hmm. not being a bad wig. And we've seen a lot of bad wigs. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) they have yeah we have it's been terrible but i i will say i had i don't think i saw a bad wig in this one no oh and before we forget we can't forget about pops yeah inspector zenigata yep just that that person who designed him just deserves an award because they did a really good job like i mean it's not that hard a trench coat a hat but it just like it didn't look dated with other people around him yeah. Like, you know, I would feel like if somebody tried that, usually if someone tries to make a character like that today and they put someone there, he would look like he stands out, which he does, but he doesn't look awkward. Yeah, because it's like one of those things like he has like that classic. So whereas everybody else kind of lives in this really like fast paced, like 70s spy thriller like looks like really mm-hmm. out there and stuff like he has more of like that noir like that like the spy yes. noir look where he's like dick tracy or something like mm-hmm. that and so he usually stands out in like amongst like in the anime amongst the other people and i think mm-hmm. you're right he could have stood out really bad here because mm-hmm. it's really simple but it looks good and it works with everything else and i think exactly. like ultimately the best job that this movie did was it made their costumes reflect the personalities of the yes. characters mm-hmm. in the same way that the anime did. Yes. Like, we know Lupin is suave and smooth, even mm-hmm. though he's goofy, and it's like, that comes through. And then, like, also including, like, little gadgets in his yeah. suit go a long way. Um, same thing with Fujiko is like she's the femme fatale making her like outfits appealing like her feet like showing off her figure but not yeah. so much like hindering her ability 
yeah not impractical like everything it all serves a purpose Mm -hmm. um like it just everything's really good Ah. like i just i can't applaud the person who designed like the outfits enough of just being able to bring something from like the source to and not not saying it has to look exactly like the source but like bringing the personality from the source Mm -hmm. to it was an updating of it and Mm it was oh oh his gun Oh yeah, his, his gun. What is it? A slugger was, or something? Yeah, a uh, luger. Luger. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. was. Like, and that—that's a great way of like we're we're gonna update everything else, but they didn't update that gun, and I mm-hmm. I am so happy they didn't because it's it's perfect. It is perfect, and it's like it's it's just a signature. It's one of his signature accessories, and you exactly. just can't do it. Um, oh my you, god! You yeah. wouldn't take away Sailor Moon's buns. You're not gonna take away Lupin's luger. Exactly. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, we're just gonna have to make sure we include, like, a lot of images on the blog post so y'all can just understand why we're gushing about this so much. Oh, entirely. And I think, like, one of the really cool things that I like that they did with Fujiko's costume was that Mm -hmm. in her last fight, she's in full-on tactical gear, and she Mm -hmm. still looks sexy. Like, it's one of those things that I don't think people understand is, like, they think that you have to show skin to be sexy. It's like, no. Mm-mm. One, have you seen the Marvel Universe? All those dudes are covered head to toe, but they're in stuff that fits their figures and, exactly. like, looks good. And that, like, they did a really mm-hmm. good job of translating that sex appeal into mm-hmm. her tactical outfits because she has multiple throughout the film. Um, and they could have easily been like, we're going to give you a cat suit that goes all the way down to your waist because I'm pretty sure she's had one of those in the anime. But yeah. They said, no, we're just going to give you a version of the guys. We're just going to tailor it to your body. And it, exactly. looks, it looks really good. Like, well, she's like, she's probably the most sensibly dressed one in like the climax of the movie. Seeing how yeah. like, she's got her tactical gear on that, again, very appealing and like looks and, like, great. And I'm like, Lupin's I want that over costume. Here, and Lupin's over here running around in leather pants. Leather pants and a leisure jacket. Yeah. That what like, and all the other ones, same thing. A leather jacket in the jungle. What is this? But again, I'm not gonna, I'm not pulling it apart. It's just like, Fujiko is the most well prepared one yep. in this situation. Um, so, yeah. So, now let's get to the, we can get more into like the character development, like the, talk about a little bit more about the scenes, um, too, at this point. So, I just wanna say the chemistry between Lupin. And Fujiko loved it. So good. So good. The flirting and just like, I, I feel like I'm just going to like, no, stop. We're just going to talk about Fujiko for a minute. Because that's what we really <laughs> want to talk about first. Fujiko's the best. Yes. I, I was telling Kate earlier that I the thing I think I love about Lupin the Third is that every time you think it's really about Lupin stealing something, or at least nine times out of ten, you think it's about Lupin getting one over Zenigata or like making a heist su- successful it's really about Fujiko scamming Lupin out of that out of, out of whatever he just stole and, pl- and playing everybody into her hand the show should have been called Fujiko the third I mean obviously yes. not the third but Fujiko but the Fujiko, scammer exactly yes. <laughs> this is I all s- a backdoor pilot for Fujiko's actual show yeah which they did make an anime about Fujiko and her backstory yep I haven't watched it yet but I'm gonna um, but I, I, I like that about it because it, it just always showed how capable she was and how she was really truly like always plotting behind everyone and I, I like that in a character especially in a female character I should say of just like she doesn't she allies with Lupin like obviously we know that there's a deeper thing there but it's like definitely 
she is always looking out for herself because she understands as a woman she has to look out for herself um and i think that's great yeah i mean i think that's something that i do really well in the movie it's kind of like all the guys like you can see that she has to look at the world a different way than the guys Mm -hmm. do and it's really present and it's it's present to a point in the anime and i think in the movie i think you're completely right it does a really good job of showing her is like she is a self-preservationist because she has Mm -hmm. to be and it just so happens that that's how she ends up saving guys too yes Exactly. It's just that that is true because she does end up coming through or like something she did in the beginning, like it may look like she backstabbed them, always comes back as like, Well, I had to do it so I could find out where the hideout was. Duh. So like you're welcome. It's like you Um, all are thinking far enough and Fujiko's mm -hmm. over here thinking like ten steps ahead. Exactly. And I think it's it just it's a it's a credit to like seeing how a female character oh like we don't always get to see them behave that way like i'm thinking of stuff like i just saw widows and i like i really loved loved widows widows was amazing but it's like watching going from widows and then watching this movie with fujiko really makes me again admire that when there's a female character that who isn't just there to be saved because i don't think at any point fujiko is being saved in the movie or like she uses her own wits and her own will to do what needs to be done. Like in the beginning when they're like going after, everyone's like competing, like it's a heist challenge of like, who can bring me back this ancient Olympic medal? And Fujiko's like, oh, look, y'all can't get on the ground. Look at that. And she's like, well, I'll go get it now. Bye. And like, she doesn't, I'm like, this isn't no team effort. Yeah, you helped me get this far. Great, but I'm gonna get this medal. And even when it looks like (laughs) Fujiko lost, she still gets the medal and wins. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't get over that. And just like, we know that Lupin is in love with Fujiko, but also Fujiko knows that Lupin's in love with her. So oh, she's yeah. not afraid to exploit that. Exactly. She, she is like, so she, she's the perfect femme fatale, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So like femme fatale is some, is a character trope that I think gets a lot more heat than it should now. Oh, for um, sure. Because like, yes, it is about women using their sex appeal and women using that, it using like usually being overtly sexual and that type of stuff. But in my opinion, so long as you balance it to show the character's agency and that she mm-hmm. is aware of what she is doing and she's exploiting it to her own gains there's no problem with that that's called Mm -mm. being a strong ass woman and saying yeah okay this is what I have at my disposal I'm gonna use it and I'm gonna progress Mm -hmm. and I think that's what Fujiko does exactly it's just like well I know all of you are in love with me or infatuated with me at some point so I have to use what I've got to get what needs to be done exactly because is she, she like there's no way she's gonna overpower some of them like mm-hmm. you might as well just exploit their weaknesses and overpower them that way. Exactly. Also, seeing her fight—it's so just good. Since we, that that fight. There is a great fight scene. Like I think twenty minutes in, when Fujiko is just like taking down ten guys. And again, I I like the fact that it wasn't like one person comes up and fights her and another like she's fighting multiple people at the same time at the same time and what was it that i liked the most it was kind of like the daredevil hallway fight scene where yeah. it's like you know like the realistic like obviously we don't see her get tired but it's just like her using her environment around her to fight them exactly like, like okay you're gonna shoot him i'm gonna block that bullet with this body i'm gonna kick you while i grab this thing it's just like I mean, it's an action movie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's and, full I think, of action. and I think all the fight scenes are really well choreographed. Mm-hmm. Really, I would say really that well for choreographed. 
very. Um, do you have anything else to say about Fuchiko? I feel like I just I would talk about her all day, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was like one of my favorites, in all honesty, or like mm-hmm. my favorite part of the movie, um, for sure. Beyond the costumes, because I think the car, I, I, I just think that. So this came out in 2014, and I think that the more live actions that we watch from Japan, I think the mm-hmm. more I'm starting to realize that you can do this right. You can. Um, and it's, it's not just, hard. I mean, no. okay, sorry. It's not that it's hard. It's just that do you want to take the time and investment yeah, to make like, it do, right? Yeah, because I think if you look, if, if you go back to like our previous episodes and you think about the ones that we've rated highly, a lot of them we've rated highly because there is a respect and a reverence for the source material mm-hmm. and a focus on understanding what can translate to film and what can't. Yes, exactly. Um, so, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, um, really enjoy this. I think overall, I liked the team's dynamic. I liked mm-hmm. the comedy aspects of them too, because mm-hmm. it was like their interactions. Like, there's a little bit of comedy, and then there's a whole lot of um, heist. Like, everybody has their role to play, and yes. so seeing them come together as a team for the heist, but then mm-hmm. also seeing them interact with each other where you kind of understand that they may not like each other 100% but they just work really well together is Mm -hmm. both comedic and also just really good Um, and then I also really liked the opposite team that they're fighting um, Mm -hmm. that have like their um, I guess like their polar opposites like there's there's another (laughs) team where they have people that are essentially them but like bizarro (laughs) it's really weird for sure you have a girl who's like uh, I guess Fujiko's uh, doppelganger in a way yeah. where she has big guns and she's just killing everyone. And then you have a guy with two swords. I want to call I wanted to call him like Harley, Ju- like Harley Quinn Jr. Because <laughs> like literally had like red and blue colors on like, yeah. di- like zigzagged across. And he was just like super hyped up. Like, wow, you shot me. I was just like, <laughs> or like he would say things like, wow, and be super like, hyped up about like I like that guy and he wants to kill him yeah and that was like his motivation is just like he liked to kill and stuff and and then you have Jigen's um like counterpart and he's like the gun guy also so like yep. there's I think that was done really well where everyone has the person they're supposed to fight against yeah um and oh, I mean and that leads to my favorite scene where like mm-hmm. she's where Fujiko's fighting with her her her, her <laughs> yes. person and then <laughs> Fujiko, like, just, she just gets tired with it. Like, she's done. Yes. She's like, okay, whatever. And she pulls out a gun and shoots the other girl. And the yes. other girl's like, you just shot me? Seriously? <laughs> and Fujiko's like, you're gonna live. Whatever. I didn't kill you. Yeah, like, and you won't I'm, die from it. I'm just like, this is good. Because it just, it, it makes me think of that iconic Indiana Jones scene where the guy come out doing all the cool sword tricks. And yes. Indy's just like, nah. Bam. Like. Yes. Because I think that that's something that we always... I know I always think about in movies. Like, why aren't they using a gun? They just had guns. Why are they not just shooting this person? Just shoot them in the shoulder and in the foot. And then they can't move. Exactly. (laughs) And I think that, like, Fujiko doing that, like, I think that just, like, goes to really highlight, like, her her smarts, her intelligence, and the fact that, like, Mm -hmm. she knows what she's doing at, like, all times. Oh, for sure. And then, like, there's, like, the scene where um, Goemon is fighting the guy with the, the two swords. Forgive me. I don't think they ever said his name, but yeah. the, the point is, is, like, you see him doing all this stuff. And, like, their fight scene could have been dragged out, like, the fight scenes we saw in Kenshin, but yeah. it wasn't 
Thank God. It was really <laughs> just to the point. Goemon split that man in half, and that was it. Like after, like I think a few shots back and forth between fights that were going on and then that yeah. that was it and i'm like thank you that didn't have to be like a whole 30 minutes worth of movie for mm-hmm. it to be over and i'm like I, I, like that's the other thing about it they do a really good job of focusing on different characters throughout the movie yes so it's not 90 percent lupin i mean lupin and then, like, a little bit of everybody else. It's every, like, how you said, like, everyone's a team and a unit. This really showcases the movie as this being a unit. Yeah, it is a not perfect being one on- person. Yeah, it's a perfect use of an ensemble. You mm-hmm. understand why everybody's there. You understand everybody's strengths and weaknesses, and you understand mm-hmm. how they work together. And exactly. I think that, that is, and, and I think that that's like a hallmark of a really good heist movie. Like mm-hmm. You have to understand and be invested in your team to actually be invested in the heist. Exactly. Like, it just it just goes above and beyond of, like, making me, like, r- really want to pay attention to what are they doing. Like, because yeah. everyone has a role. And I, I like movies where we can have, like, more focus than just one character. Exactly. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, sorry. So to finish my thought, because I went straight to talking about Fuchiko and like forgot about it. So just a few of the other, since we talked about like the interactions, I definitely love um, Lupin's and Fuchiko's interaction. Like you can like, what was it? When she calls him over to talk and you know, she's like setting him up to be arrested. And this is when he's like introduced to Zenigata. That was like my favorite part. So like out of all yes. the character interactions, they're mm-hmm. like fight dance, sexual tension thing in the hotel I'm room. Like, is I'm just so like, just good. kiss. Just kiss. I'm like, just kiss. Do it. Just no, kiss. kiss. <laughs> It's like that gif of Finn the human with the fox and the duck. Yep. And it's like, just now kiss. And I'm just like, dang it. But the tension is perfection. They, they know how to get you. It's just like, God dang it. It's just so good. And Fujiko, like the whole time, is just like dancing around, doing a really good job of like pushing Lupin back and not giving in to him. And yeah. then all of a sudden, like he thinks he has her cornered. And it's just like, come on. He like picks her up bridal style and like all these other things. It's I'm just so like, God good. dang I mean, it. Like, I uh, think like... And Lupin is fine. Sorry, I meant to put... Oh, I meant Lupin to say this. very fine. All, almost like all the men in this movie are fine. Fine. Like, very fine. So I'm just oh. like, I'm like, girl, what is you doing? But you know what? She operates on her own will and whatever she wants to do. And I, I respect think- that. I think personally, out of everybody, though, I'm going to have to go with Gigan for being the finest of the fine, yes. in my opinion. Yes. That I beard connected. Right? I think it was the beard. See, facial <laughs> hair makes everything better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think it was the facial hair and just, like, his hair was so perfectly quaffed underneath that hat. Yeah. Very. Um, and strong, uh, cool, silent type who also happens to cook. And mm-hmm. just, that's all I want in a man. Yeah. Well, the funny um, thing was, even Zenigata was attractive. Yes, which again is just like he's always supposed to be like this goofball of a person, and he kind of is. But then also, yeah, he was attractive too, and like it's just an attractive know. movie. This it was is just an attractive, attractive movie. ass movie. Go watch a movie if you want to see. If you want to see a movie with a bunch of attractive people, go watch this movie. That's, exactly. that's really doing good, like spy thrillery thief things. Yes, and, and like I think Goemon was cute. But mm-hmm. he, he has better hair than I am. And I can't have that in this house. 
understandable. Very under- it's always, that's was, always understandable. That's my, still that's cute. my, what is it, deal breaker. Yeah. Like, you can't have nicer hair than me. Yeah. Um, um, oh, but sorry. So getting to Zenigata and Lupin, like their interaction. So when Fujiko turns him over, it's just like, bye, Lupin. He said he was going to arrest me. So if I helped him get you, I can leave. So bye. <laughs> and I'm just like, and she kisses him on the cheek as she walk, walks out. Um, but then you get like the first interact. This is Lupin and Zenigata's first interaction, which is really good. They're just like sitting at a bar and they're talking, and he's basically like recruiting him. But at the same time, like Lupin looks like he's like, I don't want to do it, old man. But then yeah. you know, like really, this is like their whole. This is their whole dynamic. Lupin calling him an old man. Zenigata like trying to like, I don't know. You don't. I don't know if I would have trusted Zenigata. Just because I'm like, nah, man, you ain't gonna wipe his record. Lupin yeah. has an entire, like... like tr- he has too much shit to get wiped. Like, I think that there is just a that. certain point in your criminal life where you, like, there's, like, a threshold, and it's like, once you go above that, like, ain't nobody wiping that shit out. Ain't nobody wiping that shit out. No. That, and he's just like, why would I get rid of my, st- like, spectacular resume? I'm like, you're right. Why would you? It's not, that is something to brag about. Like, among their, like, um, community of thieves, he is, like, legendary, and he exactly. comes from legendary. Um, but so that was really good, and like just seeing that interaction, and then also Zenigata's interaction with other characters. Like when you first see him walk in, he's like, I guess first they're just like, "Who the hell is this guy? This seems stupid. Like, why are we having this meeting?" And then like Zenigata like kicks the guy's chair and like passes out, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> he comes off as tough and like, but also like the scenes with him eating the ra- the ramen cups, yes. like the cups of ramen. It was just from the anime, and it's just because Zenigata's so broke good. because he's always chasing Lupin, <laughs> so he has to eat ramen. <laughs> oh. oh, I just yeah, I like I that. Um, what were the Let's see. Any other character interactions or just like um, scenes? So I don't know so much as interactions, but like there were yeah. those characters um, when they go to the dinner and stuff, and yeah. like they were non or they were like non Japanese yes. characters speaking fluent Japanese. Yes, I did want to bring that up. Okay, yes, okay. So this is this is our proof that you can make a move. Uh, uh, you can make a good anime adaptation, and if there is a white character. Like, and if people want to argue that, well, it has to be American now and everybody has to speak English, wrong. Yeah. I'm just going to say it, wrong. You can put a white character in a live action anime adaptation and have them speak Japanese mm-hmm. because this movie is proof of that now. I don't want to, I don't want to hear it anymore that, oh, nope, now everybody has to speak English so we can make all the characters white. N- no, that, that, that doesn't you have can, to happen. Yeah, you can have a character who fits the description, but is giving the, um, uh, what do you call it? But is giving the script in the language that, that, that movie needs to be in. Yes. Like, it yes, is not exactly. hard. It's not hard. It's not hard, because obviously we know this man is white. Like, this, the, the what was it? My, not Michael. What was his name? No. I can't remember like, his name. He was basically, like, a family friend, like, a longtime family friend to Lupin's family and yeah. Lupin's grandfather. Like, you know, they have a really strong connection. And you obviously you Dawson? know that he was Dawson. Yes, he's Dawson. Yeah. And he's, like, this rich guy, and he's, like, the leader of the crime. There's a crime syndicate the works. Yeah. But, again, it doesn't position him in this authority, because everyone loves him and, like, respects him. So he doesn't take up... <sighs> They don't feel it's not like he's like controlling or taking away from the other characters, which I liked a lot. And it's just 
it does a really good job of like real life. If there was a white character in like a Japanese setting, I would think it's respectful to have them speak Japanese mm-hmm. versus like now everyone has to speak English or like, you know, some people feel like I think someone brought up with the news about My Hero Academia being yeah. adapted that they're like, well, All Might has to be white. I'm like, he doesn't have to be white. Like, because yeah. his name well, is, but I, like, there was that argument, but I'm like, and if yeah. he's not, then, if he's not white, then, I mean, sorry, and if he is white, then he can still speak Japanese. Yeah. Is so what I'm think, saying. So I think, I think what you're saying, and I think that's something that I, I really think of it, like, I think people use English as a way to limit the pool of actors who can play it. Yes, thank and, you. And that's completely based on assumptions of the of that actor's capability. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, well, because it's an American adaptation, everybody has to speak English, so we're going to ask these Asian actors. It's like, no, bring, like, let them audition. They can probably do that part. Like mm-hmm. you're just using that to close it before they even get to the get to the, get get to the get yes. get to the audition. Thank you. That's um, kind of like my that's that's what I'm trying to get. At. So thank yeah. you for putting that in better words. And I think <laughs> that's my problem with some adaptations is just like when we vote, when everyone wants to say like, oh, Lionsgate has Naruto or whatever the rumor is. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's I don't. It's not that I don't think a live action adaptation in an American studio is pot isn't possible. It's that I don't want them to limit the pool of talent. Exactly. Like you said, based off of like, well, it's American made, so everyone has to be yeah. white, or and like everyone has to be. Also, like, I oh, think go it's, ahead. Like, there are some anime, and, and the majority of them, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. how, do I, how do I put this? There are some stories that have to be told from that cultural perspective. And yes. then there are some stories that can be told from numerous cultural perspectives. Mm-hmm. But if you look at something like Naruto, that is almost entirely based on. Japanese culture. Thank you. And so it has to be portrayed that way versus mm-hmm. something that's like, um, I guess, even Full Metal Alchemist ultimately, because, or mm-hmm. Attack on Titan, because they are things that are based on your, like, on a European person. They mm-hmm. use those names. Like, that is okay to adapt in a different way, so long as you're showing reverence to the source material mm-hmm. and understanding that this was created by somebody who wasn't American. Um, exactly. Because when you, because there are a lot of ways, and I wrote, I wrote an article on this for the site, like there are a lot of ways that like American storytelling is usually really formulaic and straightforward and you have to mm-hmm. see a hero's journey laid out. And in a lot of anime and a lot of um, like Japanese storytelling, so that's that's what we're talking about here. You come into people with their powers already. They are they're not the underdog. Mm-hmm. They just have to learn how to find themselves, and that's that's a different type of story. And Americans like taking that out of it and giving you an origin, and we don't need an origin. Yeah, and this movie was an origin without an origin, really. Exactly. Everyone has their skill set. Exactly. We know everyone's equipped. But like it, we were just we're given the plot yeah. to showcase all of that without them having to go oh, through yeah. some deep backstory tragedy. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think I think ultimately, like I don't mind if All Might's white. Like I think yeah. just because of how he's drawn in the in the anime. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like if you're gonna say that he has to be, then like you have to like look. Well, who are you cutting out from potentially being that role? Yes, and does exactly. the source material actually warrant that? Or are you just saying this because the guy is blonde and does Texas Smash? Like, is there actually... Yeah. Um, yeah. 
that's and that's kind of, and then to wrap that to wrap like a to wrap this rabbit hole up or whatever yeah, to plug yeah, yeah. up this rabbit hole that that's kind of like my point and it like kate just does an more awesome job of explaining it it's just like <laughs> i don't that's my fear with most things when it's like usually a live action adaptation and then like when we found out about death note like should have never been what it was mm-hmm. but Sorry, I'm not going to go down that either. The, our points are... We have an episode on it. You can go listen. Yeah, y'all can go listen to it. My point is, it's just like, this movie really showed that if there is a character that... one, I don't think Michael ever existed in the anime as far as I've ever seen it, but you can put a non-Japanese character in a movie and have them speak Japanese, and it's completely fine. And it, and it doesn't mess up the story at all. It's yeah. normal. like, And that's how life is. If, if another person who's non-Japanese but they can speak Japanese is in a movie where the setting yeah. is in Japan or like in like whatever country they're in that the majority of the characters are speaking. That is how yeah. it works. Just like how we have movies where like, I guess like they'll go down to like fast and furious. Like yeah. they were, everyone is talking English everywhere. Just like <laughs> fine. And then, so I'm like, I just, I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent. Kate explained no, it perfectly. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, it, it makes entire, it, it makes entire sense. Like all of it just goes back to this idea is when American property takes it over, there's a narrow view of what being, of what mm-hmm. an American character should look like. Yes. And it doesn't really encapsulate the diversity that was within this country. Like there isn't one way to look American or be American. Mm-hmm. And so when an American title or when an American company takes over that title, restricting it to like using English to mean white, like you're you're mm-hmm. erasing a lot of the cultural nuances that can be shown by having that person portrayed by a different a, 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 by like a Japanese actor. Exactly, which is the yeah. issue I felt like we had with Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh like, yeah, when it's like uh. I somebody could argue that's one that's like a very like the culture is very steeped in like I don't I know everyone goes back and forth if if they're like. Bulma and all the like the non-Saiyan people are like Chinese or like it, you know it is of Asian descent yeah. but then like you when with that movie you casted everybody but Roshi white and then you kind of like I just it's a missed opportunity where yeah. you didn't have to limit that casting pool exactly like, I, do, I just don't want there to be any limits anymore yeah and I feel like this can this can like be an example of that yeah at the end of the day Respect mm-hmm. your source material and let everybody who is able to play it attempt to. Exactly. And, you know. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So thank you, Kate, for pulling me out of that rabbit hole. I oh, feel like no, I was no, done. it's fine. I'll I get in them myself. Um, yeah. I do want to say one of my other favorite scenes was when mm-hmm. um, Lupin and or was it no was it Lupin or is it Sunigata? Anyway, when they pull off the masks. Yes. Like that, was, that was style, straight but from also there. Lupin style because Lupin does mm-hmm. it. Like, it's great. Which I wonder if Mission Impossible got that from Lupin. You know, that is a good question because they that is definitely straight from the anime. Yeah, like, and who was the originator of the, like, fake face? The fake face. That is a good question because then this also leads to what we were talking about earlier. It's just like we know how, like, Austin Powers came. Like, it, at least I'm thinking, I don't know if there was an Austin Powers TV show. If somebody knows, let me know. But we don't know what came first Austin Powers or Lupin the Third. But Austin Powers is starting to look a lot like Lupin to me, or like, you know, a sex crazed, like, well, is he sex crazed? I don't. Very corny. I, I think a little, yeah, I think a little bit. And I, I, so I'm looking up Austin Powers and like, so Austin Powers was just made as a parody of the seventies, of the seventies yeah. spy genre. But like, I think Lupin is like James Bond. James Bond is sex crazed. 
for yeah, sure. Yeah, true. So they all are just like pig, like not piggybacking, but like they're using the homage. tropes. Yeah, yeah, using the trope from James Bond. But I think it was just more of like the loud colors and like yeah, yeah I think that's more like it. Yeah, I think those yeah, two definitely fit with like the, their loud characters. Yeah, very loud, and you're like, how are you like this? Um, awesome, amazing thief person, like genius. Yeah. And then how are you this genius spy who saves the world? Like, stuff like that. It's just exactly. like the wacky characters are actually like the heroes. So yeah. I like that that connection there. Um, yep. So let's see, was there anything else? Oh, so this movie does have a lot of original characters that are like really just a part of this pl- yep. this movie's plot, which I liked because everyone doesn't have to be, you know the the core group but yeah. the like these side characters do a really good job of shining like i'm still confused if pierre is lupin's nephew or whatever i thought he called him uncle but maybe he was calling michael uncle and yeah, that was I just the translation too sure in all honesty yeah i wasn't I, I i mean i think pierre is just hired by lupin i'm just gonna go with that um because i might have just misread the translation when he was yeah. calling someone uncle um so I thought that was cool that like Pierre's like this genius hacker kid and like yeah. you see that like obviously Lupin knows he can't do everything and then that's why he has hi- like he's hired people or like he mm-hmm. has other people in his gang working with him um and then there's Michael who is like the adversary ah, but then they work together I found it. sorry I found oh, no, the first Lupin live action oh, it's called Lupin the Third Strange Psychokinetic Dang, so I wasn't crazy. So this is an actual thing. Strange psychokinetic strategy. Yes. Oh, girl, this is who. It looks terrible. I know. Oh, that is the one that I think like gave me this straight came out up in Austin 1974. Power. Yeah. Oh my god. So I god. feel yeah. So like Austin Powers came out in the nineties. Obviously, like this was first. But I definitely feel like you're right on the money that like when Mike Myers was doing his um his research. Yes, this, this. Thank you. This is what I think he looked at, and it just looks so oh. bad. Like Fujiko. I mean, I would think I would just want to watch this to see like how it's Fujiko character in nineteen seventy four, but Lupin has like an ascot and a super white suit, and Jigen oh. has on a terrible hat, but and smoking a wow. cigar. Oh, oh it looks this like a crazy. very big parody. Yeah. So I think, oh my gosh! Yeah, so I think one of the sorry, you go back to what you're saying. Sorry, I just saw that picture and I was like, oh, oh no, this that is got what me. you were talking I'm, I'm, about. I'm, 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 <laughs> this is exactly oh God, what terrible. you were talking about. Oh, okay, what were we talking about? Dang it, I forgot. Sorry, guys. By the way, there is an um, Arseni Lupin movie as well, live action. <laughs> Which I think this movie just made me want to go more research into Arseni Lupin. Um. I don't think it's going to be as in, I won't be as in, in, as interested as I am in, in Lupin the Third, but yeah. still, I don't know. I think I just think that's always been like a cool connection with the character overall. It's just like, oh, we need him to be related to a famous thief. Oh, exactly. this guy who is in Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's make let's make this character relatable. Um, so yeah, just interesting. Oh shoot, what were you talking about? Oh, the side characters. That's yes. right. Um, Michael. Was the other was the kind of the antagonist, but yeah. then they teamed up. Um, not to give too much away, because I think you guys should go watch it. I'll tell you where you can go watch it. Um, you can find the DVD and all that. Um, what else was it? Michael was. I liked him. Like, 
I didn't really care about the character that much, but like it, I think it was like a good adversary for Lupin. Yeah. Um, he played his role and everything, and I don't know. I feel like that was it. No, I, mean, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. And then, spoiler, he dies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's all the characters and like inter- like any scenes I can think of and yeah. stuff. And I think too, like I think one of the cool things, and I think one of the reasons why they probably went with like an origin, like a, a kind of origin for like the group, and just really did their own thing is like mm-hmm. there's so much Lupin out there that yes. they could, they're not really beholden to one thing, so they mm-hmm. were able to kind of bring that you'd bring like the heart of Lupin and what, what it is with doing mm-hmm. like their own story. Cause like there are, let's see, a, um, there's a loop in the third movie, loop in the third, the last job loop in the third oh. from Siberia with love, which came out in 92 loop in the third strange psychokinetic energy in 1974. There's like 20 loop in the third movies. Loop, yeah. Loop in the third pilot film, loop in the mm. third, seven days rhapsody loop in the third elusiveness of the fog. Like, mm. like you said, there are 20 of them. It's crazy. There's the most recent more. one being Lupin the Third, the blood spray of Gomen Ishikawa. Yeah. And there are two Lupin the Third versus Detective Conan movies. I still haven't seen them. I kind of want to watch them because yeah. those are probably the most updated ones. And then, so like, and then there's also like Lupin the Third, uh, Gigen Daisuke no Bohoyo, or no, ah. No Pollo, which like essentially it look at least from what I'm looking at, like there is a loop in the third movie for every single character in loop in oh, the third. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so like, there's so much. I mean, like to your point, they could have easily taken any episode of Lupin, dragged out the story, and made it that movie. Yeah, like because all the movies are essentially a heist. I mean, sorry. Uh, yeah, they are all a heist, ah. and then there's like, and Lupin, Lupin is really in a way, kind of like Batman, where he's like, even though he's a th- or Robin Hood is probably more appropriate, except he really steals for himself. He only takes from the rich er people, which yeah. is what I liked was said in the beginning of the movies. Like, we never steal from the poor; we steal yeah. from the rich. And I'm like, yeah, you still like that. That makes you instantly like the character better because like he's not stealing, like robbing from a mom and pop place or like taking people's like savings or anything. He's literally like stealing from like gangs of people. Like there's a scene which is iconic because I loved the the was the Fiat, the little yellow Fiat they're mm-hmm. driving away and is straight from the anime. And like there's just like the runaway with bags of money they just stole from like what I'm assuming because there's all those guns around. It's just like gun dealers. Yeah. And you just see him running away and he's just the money is like flowing behind them and they're just like, they're laughing about it and they're just getting in the car and like money is flying out the window and then that's like that's classic Lupin. It but, is. Like you said, like there's so much material that I think that's what really benefited this movie yeah. is that it there's not a set origin for one for Lupin. Mm-hmm. And there's not an there's not so much I don't want to say an iconic movie because there's just been so many movies. I think, like we said, the one that Hayao Miyazaki did is probably one of the most iconic ones. But that is also would be a very difficult one to To adapt. adapt. That would be a challenging one to adapt right off the bat, in my opinion, just because (laughs) that's a lot going on in that movie. So, yeah, so good. Um, Well, we can wrap up the discussion. I just want to think if there's anything else we wanted to talk about movie wise. Um, we talked about the source versus the movie characters. 
Mm. Oh, a little information I had. So their budget was about $10 million. Let me just pull it back up. 2014. Sorry. <laughs> Bear with me. Um, yeah, their budget was $10 million, which I think is pretty good. I don't know how to budget a film production, yeah. but for everything they had it going on in this movie, I would say, like, that seems pretty good seeing oh, how, like, yeah. nowadays a budget is, like, $100 million. Yep. Um, and then, let's see. Oh, and they made they made that back, but the box office was $22.3 million. So, but not released, like, I'm guessing it wasn't released, like, internationally either. Exactly. So yeah. that probably limits its growth. It's gross. Um, but yeah, I just, I think. Um, yeah. Because I mean, like, because if you kind of look, because like, this is something that use like a lot of practical effects and like not like anything like that. So like um, the mm-hmm. only like heist movie that I could think is like comparable would be like, I guess from nowadays would be Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, mm-hmm. which is like one of my favorite action movies of the entire year because there's it's so good. I have to still watch it oh my god you need to watch it it's so good and there I'm hoping is, it's like, at the dollar theater and there is no CGI um, oh nice that's like the coolest thing um, but yeah so that was made on 178 178 million dollars oh nice um, and that's like a bottom budget versus like a 300 million dollar budget for um like um like Black Panther or yeah. Infinity War where you're going to have like all this extra stuff. So mm-hmm. it seems like they made it like on a pretty low budget. But then again, like that's also like using American budgets for Japanese film. So True. Yeah, I don't know what that number is like yeah. in their currency. And I don't know if these actors are unknowns or if they're like big people. So True. That, that is another good point. I will say there's this um, little clip it says lupin the third premiered in japan on august 3rd 2014 made its international premiere so it was it did premiere oh. internationally but at la ega fest 2014 so i don't know if that just means it, at might the just, fest. Yeah, it was probably just a festival release yeah. then mm-hmm. and then it says although financially successful and cr- and critical and audience opinions uh, critical and audience opinions of the film were mixed to negative with criticism frequently focusing on the film's derivative and convoluted narrative narrative. I'm guessing they never saw Lupin the third yeah. like episode ever. Um, other areas of production, such as the cast delivery of the screenplays, largely English dialogue were also frequently targeted for criticism. Yeah, no, I can't. I mean, obviously I don't know what they showed at the LA fest yeah. one, but I would just say, like, y'all, like, the stuff about, like, the f- der- derivative and convoluted narrative, I'm just like, y'all have never, never seen, seen yeah. a Lupin the Third episode, which, again, to my point, even, I would say, even if you haven't seen a Lupin the Third episode, you could go into knowing that this is a spy heist thriller yeah. kind of movie. Yeah. It's going to have a convoluted narrative. Yeah, well, and I think that that's something that, like, is kind of frustrating me when it comes to like a lot of critiques now it's like oh we've seen this movie 10 times before it's like it's a genre like yes. that's, it, it's it, that's the genre oh. that this thing is in like uh, everything what? piece about aquaman is going to literally be it's just like that black panther and thor i'm like no for the love of god you've seen the narrative that is why you're finding connections between other movies exactly like what i don't think people realize is that like stories are built on tropes stories are built on archetypes and when Mm -hmm. you have a genre that genre goes in a very like 
take any slasher, like a subgenre of horror, take any slasher mm-hmm. movie. I can tell you how it's going to end. And guess what? I'm not going to dock, dock points for that because that, that's literally the movie that it is made to be. Exactly. Oh, it's so fresh. That That is like my biggest problem with film critics right now. Like not mm-hmm. every movie is going to be revolutionary. And oh it God. don't it- have to be. And you don't have to always compare a movie to another movie. Like, people didn't have to compare Widows to Ocean's 8. Yeah. Like, there's just... Because it's a movie about a heist that's heavily female, I'm like, oh my god, you can just criticize it about the movie. Yeah, but that... And, like, I think you also have to look like, okay, so if we're gonna, like, compare movies... Because I I, I enjoy comparing movies, personally. which is Um, fine. But I don't think, like... I guess for me, I'm like, if they live in the same genre, there's mm-hmm. no sense to compare them to tear them down, I guess, because, like, they live that's, in that genre. And that's what I'm, and that's what, exactly what I'm getting at. It's like, yeah. when you're comparing Widows to um, Ocean's 8, you're, you're doing it to make, to tear one down, and just, like, they're the same genre, yeah. and they both have a heavy female cast, exactly. like, female-led yeah. cast. But yeah. then, when you're, and then the same thing goes for what people are probably going to say about Aquaman, or what they've been saying about Aquaman compared to Thor and Black Panther. Yeah. Like, y'all, it is a superhero show. It is a superhero movie. We can make multiple connections across different franchises where the superheroes like, yes, Aquaman probably does look like it takes from Thor and Black Panther in the yeah. sense that it is a magical hidden kingdom and he's like this super powered demigod. That is it. <laughs> it's not it's really that's it. No one stole the plot or Oh, you know those it, hot takes are gonna come in. I, I know they're coming and I'm just like good god just enjoy it for what it is but every the Marvel fanboys and the DC fanboys are gonna be fighting and me and you are just gonna be watching like look we came for Jason Momoa and we're fine mm-hmm. like there's nothing wrong with there being tropes I just think we're tired of people just pointing out tropes as like they did this already and they stole it from Thor it's like no <laughs> just, like no uh, it's, it's, let's, yeah, it's nothing so okay to but, wrap up Yes, to wrap up, let's give our well, let's give our ratings. Or do we want to say something nice? I feel like we've said a lot of nice things. Yeah, we've said a lot of nice things. So, um, one thing I didn't like was I I thought the movie was too long. I genuinely thought the movie was too long. I will agree. It is one hundred and thirty three minutes. Yeah. It, it it is a bit it's long. over two hours. Um, over two hours. It, it is a bit long. Yeah, and I think that there was definitely stuff that they could have just condensed. Um, yeah, but. It, it, there were so there were certain points in the film where I was kind of coming in and out, but then they'd pull me back. Like they always pull mm-hmm. me back in when it felt like a lull and I'd get a little bored. They would pull me back in. Um, yes, so that is exactly. to its credit. Yeah, I mean, definitely that was going to be my thing too. It's just like this is a bit long. This is like over two. This is two hours and fifteen minutes or whatever long. And you get into it like the parts with Michael. That's kind of like where they kind of lost me. Is like. Okay, they do this in every loop on the third episode or movie is that there's this character who really isn't a part of the core group who is like is a part of the plot. Like they're the plot device. So Michael and his stuff and whatever he was going on there played a role. Yeah. And I'm just like, I really didn't need as long of attention as we had on Michael and what was going on. But I understand why it was there. But if we had to cut anything out, I would just say like cut some of that down. Yeah. But yeah. Like, if there was some... That that felt like filler. But I know why it's there, so it can contribute to the plot overall. But, yeah, yeah, just a little bit less of it. And I would have been fine. If they could get it to two hours, I would say perfect. Yeah. 
Um, because even two hours. Yeah. So then, oh, and what did we like? I'm just going to say it again. Fujiko. Everything about Fujiko. Yep. Yep. I stand. I stand an independent female scammer who can outsmart everyone. Yep. Because at the end of the movie, spoiler, y'all, she walks away with a necklace. And (laughs) that's just my favorite part. It's so good. It's it's very good. uh, I can't even. Um, (laughs) um, I'm sorry. I I didn't want to spoil too much because I would like for y'all to go watch it. But I understand if people don't have the time because, again, two hours over two hours is long. Um, And then, oh, our ratings. So I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it none. Like no, like no bad, like no drinks were needed for me. I'm gonna give it one drink just because okay. it was too long. That's it. I I know, and I like. I I hate saying things are perfect, but it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Besides, it's perfect. Besides that, because again, you made a good movie. It has a good plot, and like how we talked about how Speed Racer was a ter- it was not a great adaptation, but a good movie. Yeah. This for me is a great adaptation and a good movie. <laughs> So, yeah. I think that's my first time saying something's perfect on here. I feel, it feels weird. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, we knew we were going to come into summer. I was hoping at least we were going to come into some. I, so. I was too. I just didn't think it was going to happen, like, in our first <laughs> season. I'm just like, well, I found what I really liked. <laughs> um, I'm not just saying that because I like Loop on the Third. I just, I really am impressed with everything they did from, like, bringing it from the 1970s and updating it to now to like 2014 now and just making the story as good as it was i think yeah. that's what i enjoyed the most it's like the story is good you keep me interested yeah i'm gonna leave it at that um okay and lastly did they have to yes i think they did i think with this <laughs> i think with as many um with as many movies that Lupin has, I think mm-hmm. that this was a natural like trajectory for them. And they were able to bring this like all these 70s these seventies tropes into them into mm-hmm. modern time and make it good. So I think they had to. I think they definitely did. I will say so too. Because when you have like the expansive collection of like material that Lupin the Third has, why not? It just makes the most sense. Like, you know how they just keep making Fast and Furious movies? Yeah. I would have thought that with this live action that, okay, are we going to get a third, a fifth, a tenth? I don't, I mean, obviously, God, no, don't make ten movies. Um, But it just seems like when you have that much material and you've made so many movies and you keep making these, like, animated movies, why not go down the path to try and see how this can be, like, its own franchise as a film? And I think it does a really good job as a, like, live action franchise i don't know if there's any news of it ever becoming more than that but i think it leaves it off in a pretty good place to at least get like two more movies out of it because the thing about loop on the third is that once you've seen one movie you've seen them all you're really just there to see like how are they going to pull off this heist yeah so i mean which is pretty much fast and furious which is pretty much Fast and the Furious. So, and I'm not even that crazy about Fast and the Furious, but I'm like, if Fast and the Furious can have multiple movies, why can't we have multiple Loop on the Third movies? I'm down with um, that. I, right? I would, I would I like look that. forward to that each summer. Or, <laughs> however often, fat, or every two years, like Transformers and Fast and the Furious comes out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess that is it, y'all. 
All right. Oh, shoot. Wrap up. If, yeah. So if you want to get involved with the conversation some more and tell us what you think we should be watching next, uh, follow us and tweet at us at D-Y-H-T underscore pod on Twitter. And you can find me at Oh My Myth Randier on Twitter as well. You can also find me on there at L-A underscore N-E-Y underscore S-H-A. Yes, please join us in on the conversation. Oh, I, not to forget, you guys can find this movie on Amazon Prime. Um, unfortunately, you have to order it. You can't watch it on Prime Video, but <laughs> you can still get to have it and own it and watch it. I will, like, again, say it gets my approval. So go ahead and spend that money to get it. I don't get any kind of kickback from this. So <laughs> as much as I would love to get some money back. Um, so if you're looking for a good movie that's refreshing, go ahead and do that. Um, so, yeah. Until next time. Wait, you got to find. Gotta... Oh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. You had it. No, you're Sorry. fine. You're good. You're good. You're right, good. Go, go. Will we ever find another movie that I'll give a perfect score to? Will Kate's voice come back? Will we ever stop thirsting over the attractive cast in our live action adaptations? Find out next time on the next episode of Did You Have To. Bye. Bye.